Oh, hey, Rebels, you're listening to a free audio-only version of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. Tonight, my guest is one of my favorite people on the face of the earth, Robbie Picard from Oil Sandstrong. And we're discussing his plan to take oil and gas advocacy right to the doorstep of the federal government. He's going to Ottawa. Now, if you like listening to the show, then I promise you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That is what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, as well as Ezra's Nightly, Ezra Levant Show, David Menzies' fun Friday night show, Rebel Roundup, and Andrew Chapados's brand new show, Andrew Says. It's only eight bucks a month to subscribe. And did you know we threw in Andrew's show so you get more for the same price? We threw it in for and kept the cost the same, eight bucks a month. And just for our podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new Rebel News Plus subscription by using the coupon code podcast when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member today. Now, please enjoy this free audio only version of my show. Anti-oil politicians driving gas-guzzling cars and taking oil patch advocacy all the way to Ottawa. That's what we're talking about tonight. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're watching The Gun Show. A little while since I checked in with my friend Robbie Picard from Oil Sand Strong, and I was poking around on his social media the other day, and I saw that he's doing some collaborative work with someone that I'm a very big fan of, no relation, Aaron Gunn. Now, Aaron Gunn's been a longtime advocate of Canadian natural resources, and he's also someone who is considering a run for politics, a run for the leadership of the BC Liberal Party. And before you get all excited, it's not at all like the federal Liberal Party, but the BC Liberal Party is more like a hybrid of right of center politicians. Robbie tells me that he's ready to take the fight for Canadian oil and gas all the way to Ottawa, but this time in a more permanent way, something more than just a one-time rally. Now here's Robbie in an interview we recorded Monday morning to talk about his future plans for the fight for Alberta. Now is my friend Robbie Picard from Oil Sand Strong, and he's giving us an update on his latest activism in the Canadian oil and gas sector. Hey, Robbie, uh, long time no talk, both in our personal lives and on the show, and I'm I'm sorry about that. Um, but I saw over the weekend that you were out and about with Oil Sand Strong sweatshirts, and you were doing some filming with some prominent. I guess, former politicians and then some prominent uh, prospective politicians and uh, oil and gas activists. Yeah. So um, Aaron Gunn and I have uh, been, you know, friends and kind of, I guess, colleagues for quite a few years. And we've spoken at some of the same events and he called me and uh, said he was coming to Fort McMurray. 
And it kind of reminded me of when Ezra was here when I very first started and I gave Ezra the full tour. tour. And uh, not to toot my own horn, but I'm when I'm motivated and if I believe in the cause, I'm one of the most connected people in Fort McMurray. So I decided I would, you know, help plan his show. Uh, and it was uh, turned out to be a lot of fun. And uh, to be candid, he kind of inspired me a little bit. So we went out and looked at some of the plants. Um, we found some indigenous leaders like Bill Lute from the Métis. I showed him some restaurants that, you know, were trying to reinvent themselves during COVID. Brian Jean took us on a jet boat and then Brian Jean got a little bit cocky on the jet boat and decided to show off so we could see a beaver. And then all of our camera gear got doused in water. It was a blast, an absolute blast. And, um, uh, I do some work with Brian, like for his businesses. And, um, it was nice to see, you know, Brian just talk about how much he loves Fort McMurray. I mean, he grew up in Fort McMurray. This is his home. And everybody that we did interviews with, we, um, one of my friends, Jonathan Glosky, I mean, a young uh, Métis entrepreneur owns multiple little businesses and big businesses. And everyone was just so inspired to get back on the message of getting our oil to market and stop this absolute insane hypocrisy that the so-called environmentalists are trying to make us, you know, the medicine they're trying to make us drink or eat or whatever forced down our throats i mean uh so i got inspired and then i remembered see one of the things that i um am i trying to be nonpartisan? I'm, I'm very hesitant to be going after like liberals or any party unless it's something as blatantly hypocrisy as i don't give a crap if um if the ndp leader wore his mask or not i'm so over this mask bullshit but i do care that he drove a bmw and i I find that the people that support the NDP federally, I'm going to be very clear when I say federally, and that support the Green Party federally are really being sold a bunch of falsehoods um, when their leader is driving a Beamer. And I have nothing against someone owning a Beamer, but it's the hypocrisy. Go get yourself, a, you know, a, like a Firefly, Jagme. Drive a Firefly. If you're going to have to drive a gas car because you can't get an electric car right now or, you know, or Tesla's not reliable in Ottawa or whatever, go get like a Firefly or a Ford Focus even, not a BMW. I mean, you're the leader of the party that supposedly broke that doesn't want to call an election right away because they can't afford it. And he's driving a BMW. I mean, I'm just blown away by this. And Elizabeth May taking selfies with her daughter on a private jet. The insanity of this. They do not practice what they preach. This climate emergency, climate crisis, the stuff they're trying to force down our throats. It's bullshit. They simply are trying to keep their privileged lifestyles and I got a big kick out of it because even before he's saying, well, you know, we need to big companies to give more to the people. Humble yourself, Jagmeet. I mean, you have a big house. I mean, that was a big house. I don't know whose house it is. I think they should at least get 10 homeless people to move in with them. Find some homeless people. Say, give them some room. There's plenty of room in Jagmeet's house, right? And honestly, I mean, that mean he could, if he has to drive the BMW, I mean, I don't know, like, so be it. But I mean, practice what you preach. And so that... That's just on a side note. But the real reason that I wanted to talk to you today was I've decided that as soon as this COVID stuff is over, which I'm guessing will be a couple more months, 
I am going to Ottawa and I'm going to be starting a mini documentary. Um, and um, I'm going to be setting up a shop in Ottawa where we sell our Oil Sand Strong merch. And I'm going to try and find out who made that tweet where they called our organization white supremacist. And I'd like to interview that person because I think they're a lot like Jagmeet Zine, where they are out of touch, incredibly rich and privileged, and they are... They need to have a little bit more of a common sense education on the rest of the country. And I mean, this country is not fair. I I just made a post on Old Sound Strong today calling that out. And and one of the things that I think that uh, we need to look at here is that Ontario and Quebec, because they have bigger populations, they determine our entire future for the country. That's not fair. Even New Zealand now is balancing the power to regions to give some equality. This country needs equality. We can't get the same upper class privileged people over and over again. And they come and they're like, oh, we care about the people. Um, I think we need to have some serious discussion if we're going to still stay as a country on making Canada more equal. And, 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 And Alberta is the heart, the economic driving force of this country that pumps the economic blood through all the veins of this country and we get very little respect. And I think that needs to change. So uh, what are your intentions then? I guess, is it because the politicians won't come to Fort McMurray to see firsthand what Fort McMurray is all about? You're bringing Fort McMurray to them permanently. I, uh, we've had it like, yeah, I think so. We've had a few politicians here to give us lip service periodically, sure. but I, this is more for the bureaucrats in Ottawa. This is more for the, the 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 people who in Ottawa who benefit from fossil fuels every single day, but they don't quite understand it. I think, you know, we, we're going to give stickers out. We're going to do like we did back in the day. Maybe I'll do a protest outside of an Ottawa Tim Hortons. I mean, I'm going to go back to my roots. And um, but I think it's very important that they um, that they understand that uh, the, w- what happens in Fort McMurray with our oil and gas industry powers the entire country. And they're not above it. And they're c- consuming just as much carbon as the rest of us, even if they drive electric cars. Everything comes from oil. And while we sit here and infight and act like immature children, <coughs> we are holding back billions upon billions upon billions of dollars to make our country better, make their lives better too. And what they do is they benefit from our oil and gas and they live the lives of upper class um, or let's say like, you know, middle upper class, upper middle class, like Jagmeet with his beautiful BMW with the dual exhaust. Um, I think they need to wake up call on where that money really comes from. And they need to understand there's this country's bigger than Quebec and Ontario and the Ottawa bubble needs to be burst a little bit. I'd be happier if Winnipeg was our capital. I think that would be geographically a better place than Ottawa. It's a little bit more central to the country. I think it would provide some balance too, because it's got that Uh sort of a little bit of east meets west and it's on the prairie and it's not that far removed from its uh, agricultural roots. Excuse me. But I wanted to ask you, uh, do you think that it is um, some of the misconceptions about the oil and gas sector and I'm glad that you touched on the fact that uh, the Liberal Association for Carleton 
called uh, oil sands strong white supremacist. Um, do you think that it is willful ignorance? Like, do, do they know better, but they but they just don't care, or are they truly ignorant about the social and societal impacts that the oil and gas sector has on indigenous communities? Because that's one of the things that you're such a strong advocate for, is telling the stories of indigenous communities that are benefiting from oil and gas. Um, I, I would argue that people at the very top, uh, they know what's going on. And to this day, I still don't understand their political motives because it just doesn't make sense. So there, there clearly is more going on. If I was, you know, in a position where I was the prime minister, I'd say, okay, like my job is to make this entire country hum like a, 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 um, it's a, it's a motor and I need to make it run it, its best possible. And I would work on each and every one of those <coughs> coast to coast. And I would try to build, um, bridges and understand each region. So, um, but I would argue the people that are under the leadership, I, I don't think they know per se, because I, I know that when we've gone out there before, we've given out flyers and stuff and explained to them, like, we only produce 0 0.15 of global emissions and you guys are importing oil from Saudi Arabia anyway. Um, you're still using oil every single day. They sometimes are a little naive to that. So I think that they need a little bit of an education and and... I mean, you can only do so much on Facebook and graphics and websites. Sometimes I think you need to be in there in the flesh. Now, I, I've seen some pressure right now sort of towards Justin Trudeau. Now that we're coming out of the fog of COVID and restrictions are lifting, there's still this pressure for uh, the federal government to use COVID to rewrite the economy in this green way that sort of leaves oil and gas out of the equation. This is, for lack of a better term, their great reset on oil and gas that they don't, they can sort of leave it in the dust um, and use COVID as a way to do that. Um, I guess, how do we, how do we change that? Because there are a lot of well-meaning people who are saying, yeah, that's a great idea. Now's our, now's our moment in time. Um, how do you as an activist sort of flip the script there? See, you know, I have a I have a theory on this, and I think that as hard as they try with this green reset nonsense, it's just impossible to have happen. They're just not going to be able to do it. So yeah. you're going to go back to oil and gas by default. Uh, oil prices are already happening. Our mission is to try to educate the average people so at least they come on board and support us finish the trans mountain pipeline and and try to get energy east built and that's what's truly slowing us it's not the fact that like i mean we, we're going to need oil for at least the next 50 to 75 years um i i get a big kick out of this notion that we're somehow going to get rid of it like it, it's not happening so we just need to get the average person like we had before we were on a we were on a roll. We were doing all these rallies, and the entire country was supporting pipelines, pipelines, pipelines. And then uh, our group, and then that other group, they got into that rival convoy, and we lost our 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 umph. And we need to get our umph back. And our umph is uh, the fact is, hey, as long as the world needs oil, as long as you use gasoline, um, as long as you're living your lives, brushing your teeth, or anything. You know, the oil, if you're going to need it, it should come from Canada. And we are losing out as a country. I mean, for all the nonsense of Biden and Kamala Harris and all that, the United States is still the largest producer of oil. We have the second largest, or sorry, the third largest proven reserve. 
But I would argue that we have way more that we haven't even found yet. So we have, we're sitting really good here. And if we develop our resources in a responsible way, we can make this country better for generations to come. We just have to stop the insanity of all these people who think that they're somehow environmentalists and they're green when they're really not. And, and that's, we need to get like, listen, like let's push this country forward. I've never been against solar or wind. I'm against the, the just the insanity. Like if you have a <clears throat> solar power plant that is backed up by a natural gas, it, it, it's not really solar. And yeah. let's just be honest, you can't make a solar panel without fossil fuels. And here's the other thing too, I was thinking about this. Maybe the way we're doing it isn't that bad, but maybe if we start mining all these rare earth minerals and like they're doing in other countries and making all these giant strip mines and open pit mines that they're not doing reclamation on, um, maybe you're going to end the world a lot quicker than if you just say, okay, look, we've got good things going here with our natural resources right now. Let's develop them. Let's plant more trees. Let's do carbon capture. I mean, I, I kind of got motivated on my tour with Aaron because even myself, I mean, with everything going on, I haven't I haven't done a reclamation tour in a while. I mean, the reclamation that the sites have done is stunning. I mean, mm. it's stunning. You don't see that in other countries. We are doing the right thing, and we are. And every time we get better at it. So, I mean, the rest of the rest of this country needs to wake up. And recession-proof Ottawa needs to have a, a little bit of an awakening. And I really, like, I, I, I find myself just almost angry at the amount of the bureaucrats that just get paychecks no matter what happens in the world. And then they make decisions that affect the rest of us. And I think that that's something that people on the, you know, in the West need to start being more vocal about. We, we just because our population is not as big as Ontario and Quebec's, doesn't mean that we shouldn't have equal representation. We should. We should be able to be treated with fairness and respect, and we're not. We get a lot of lip service. I mean, Alberta is arguably the, you know, has given this country the most. And what say do we have? Ontario, Quebec can insult us. The, you know, the premier of Quebec can say, you know, our oil's dirty. And I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And I just think that we really need to as Albertans and people from Western Canada, not even here, including BC, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, we need a stronger voice. It's not right. I mean, the representation of the Maritimes for like they have way more seats than their population. It's just yeah. not. It, it, it's just that that side of the country determines the entire future, and I don't believe that that is fair or ethical. And we need to have better representation. Now. While you are thinking about addressing the problem with Ottawa, I guess my next question is for you. Yes, I agree. There's definitely a problem with Ottawa. I'm the first one to point to it. But I think there's also a problem with American politicians misunderstanding what we do here in Alberta. For example, Gretchen Whitmer, um, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Are you willing, I guess, to take the fight to them, to their doorstep? Well, 100%. I mean, uh, the, I almost did when um, when they were fighting the tech mine um, in Washington and Jane Fonda was there. And you know that I have a black belt in defending myself against Jane Fonda. <laughs> and um, I, I almost went to Washington 100%. I'll, I'll meet with, with them. I have some contacts there that I have been wanting to reach out to. The problem, though, is that and the truth of the matter is, the reason that they're so anti-oil and gas has a lot to do with Naomi Klein, 
when she wrote the Green New Deal, which is a different version of the Leap Manifesto, and she got with AOC, um, and they pushed that agenda forward, and then I think the Democrats leaned on it. I don't, yeah, we need to spend a lot of time in the States. We need to spend a ton of time trying to find common ground. We have a ton of common ground in the States already. Like, one of the things that surprised me is um, I had, like, make your profile pick like this, um, and 250,000 people made their profile pick the same as ours, and most of them were American. So I found that quite interesting. So there is a lot of support down there, and to build a better world, and, um, you know, instead of supporting crazy dictators, Canada and the United States should work better to get our oil to market. Um, and I think that the Americans could benefit greatly with energy security. The problem is, is that, you know, it's just, we need to be assertive and like, and the, and the fights, they come up all the time. I mean, look at Michigan right now, what's going to come yep. of that? Yep. I mean, it may never happen, but why do we have to go through just the sheer stress of everything we have to go through all the time of yep. fighting this and fighting that? It's a lot. And I think yeah. that that's something we need to, to address. Well, I think the fact that so many Americans changed their profile picture to oil sand strong speaks to the deficit of oil and gas activists like you in the United States. They had it pretty good for a while down there with Trump, so they didn't have to really fight for their oil and gas sector. Yeah. And now, really, they're in the same boat as we are um, up against a federal government that wants to phase out their industry altogether. Now, Robbie, you and I both have to go very quickly, but please tell us how people can support the work that you're doing, particularly to bring the fight to Ottawa. Okay, so just buy at least six shirts per person. That's simple. <laughs> or hoodies. And go to oilsandstrong.com and order them. And if you're in Fort McMurray, go to McMurray TV or 4G Motorsports. And we have stores in Red Deer now. I don't have the, the names yet, but I'll be posting that very soon. That'll be selling it. We're going to try to have one store in every city to get our gear. The gear's been Great. moving like crazy since uh, Pierre Polyev, uh put it on so we want to keep going and um and yeah like we uh um the difference between us and the other groups is is that we try to be nonpartisan, but we also are not scared of a fight we take on celebrities um and we call it hypocrisy so um you know and uh, that's essentially it so hopefully this covid is over soon and we can get back to living we're going to be doing rallies i'm going to be speaking across the country at different events and stuff but the main focus is to like, like before we before we go insane and try to somehow pretend oil is dead and it's not, um, we need to just say like, look, let's build our country. And by putting pipelines and building our resources, you're building a stronger country, protecting the environment and the economy simultaneously. And that's the reality of what needs to be done. And yeah, and then just don't, you know, if you're going to drive a BMW, I mean, that's fine. Maybe we should get, you know, I. Okay, you know what I'm gonna do in Ottawa? I'm gonna get an orange oil sand strong sticker in a circle, and I'm gonna find that beamer and I'll put it on there. <laughs> well, Robbie, I, thank you so much Just for being on the for show. The I know you are. Robbie, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, we'll have you back on again really soon to check in on the progress of your new project. Awesome. Okay, thank you very much. Always a pleasure.
I normally do my best to attribute ignorance as opposed to malice. But I think when it comes to the battle against oil and gas development, which truly does mean the battle against Albertans' best interests, I think malice is rightly attributed. I think by and large, most anti-oil activists and politicians at this point know exactly how reliant they are on oil and gas. They just don't want to get it from us. These people are colonial exploiters. You see, they don't want the dirty work of getting oil and gas done in their own backyards. They'd rather offset that to some place that they don't have to look at, even though we in Alberta do oil and gas better and cleaner than anybody else on the entire planet. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think. <laughs>